Give a girl the right shoes and she can conquer the world. Marilyn Monroe. What are the best running shoes? Let's get it, girl. Let's get after it. Have you ever wanted to start running but didn't know where to start or started a couch to 5K but quit because it wasn't catered to you? Or better yet, you've been running for a minute, knocked out all the 5Ks, hit up some half marathons, but you keep getting injured, not getting faster, and you're questioning your love for running. If you're a woman over age 35 and been trying to figure out this running thing on your own or don't know where to start, this show is for you. Welcome to Runners University, Women's Guide to Running After 35. My name is Dr. Leticia, physical therapist, certified running nutrition coach, and I've been helping women for many years now tackle aches, pains, build strength, and break mental barriers to living their best life on and off the pavement. Every episode, I take the guesswork out of how to train smarter, faster, and run for life without nagging injuries and actually enjoy it. Let's make running or walking into your 40s, 50s, and beyond your best yet. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of Runners University Women's Guide to Running After 35. So hopefully you are returning or you could be new, which is awesome. I always enjoy sharing my knowledge and giving a little bit of tidbits into my life. So at the time of this recording, when this actually is released, I will actually be in surgery for my right knee. So let's just say a couple of weeks ago, I tried to relive my glory days of playing basketball because I played basketball since I was eight years old, went to college on scholarship and uh, ran track as well, started in a women's league. And the first game, I literally tore my patella tendon. So I will be down for quite some time. Unfortunately, it is a long recovery and does take two procedures for um, it to fully be fixed per se. But the rehab is going to be a little bit long, so I won't be on the pavement for a while. But like you said, there's a reason that things happen. So I actually do have some exciting news that is just in this first week. We're in this um, week in second week or so, third week in, in April. My days are all ran together. So if you're listening to this in the future, don't worry about that. But I actually have the honor to work with Black Girls Run and Kellogg's in a Couch to 5K program that they've launched. So I'm actually one of the supervising, uh, I am the supervising physical therapist along with the team with a dietitian and a run, another run coach, taking these ladies on a 10-week journey. I'm so excited and this is the first week of that journey. And consequently, this is the first week of my new journey with having knee surgery, being down for a bit. So I will be kind of taking you guys along with that journey as well. But guess what? A very common question that I get is, what are the best running shoes? So I'm going to go through brands, type, and a little bit of age and women-specific brands. But guess what? The main thing or the most important key is finding the shoe that fits well. And it feels good while you are running or walking. So here we're just going to be talking about road shoes or shoes that you wear, um, you wear on paved trails, not the trail trails over the river and through the woods trails like that. <laughs> so you do want to get running shoes, not cross trainers. But when it comes to the brand, it's all about you and your specific needs. Now, 
you have to find the shoe that fits the job. So for running longer distances, you want to have an adequate uh, cushioning because that will absorb more impact. That's why cross trainers, regular gym shoes, things of that sort won't be ideal for you. So some brands that are very popular, this is not an all-inclusive or exhaustive list. But Brooks, Saucony or Saucony, however you want to say that, New Balance, Hookah, Asics, Ultra, Nike, there's so many different brands out there, but I have particular experience with Brooks and Saucony's and our Saucony and <laughs> uh, Hookah brand as well as actually a brand that I was looking into getting um, or trying out some of their brands before I had my little you know knee issue. So for women specific options, I know a lot of ladies that I've either surveyed or even talked to, they're really big fans of Brooks and Hookah. These tend to be the front runners, yes, pun, pun intended, for uh, brands of shoes. Now, just to say you, that you don't have to run out and go and get these, once again, you have to find a job, find a shoe that fits the job. So normally, they look at foot types. So we'll talk a little bit about foot types. So generally, to get an idea of your foot type, you want to look at the bottom of your shoe to see where your, your soles are worn at, where are they worn out the most. So if you have a neutral foot, that means you're basically going to have even wear and AKA you have a normal foot, which what is normal, but uh, flat means you have increased or flat or low arch means you have uh, an increased wearing down on the inside of the sole, possibly from over pronation or having a low arch. So you may see some wear patterns on the insides of your shoes with that. If you have a high arch, then you are a super supinator or your outer sole has more wear. So these are just um, a general way for you to be able to look at what type of foot you may have, uh, just a kind of a starting point for you. There's also going to be categories. So don't be so set in with these categories. It may be perfectly perfect for you, but always go with what works for you. Yes. So basically I have a non-existent arch. I mean, my arches have been low, collapsed, all that for years. I actually find, found out that I had low arches back in high school. I was maybe freshman or so year. had been running in a track meet, multiple events. Foot was hurting, left toe. So I actually had a stress fracture um, in my second toe. And that's when they were like, oh, you have flat feet. And that was partially a contributing factor to that. So I'm very familiar with having orthotics, trying to fit them within your shoe, trying to find the right fit um, as far as myself goes too. So I have a non-existent arch and I'm actually now in a stability shoe. So right now you have to find out, you know, what comfort is key. So normally stability shoes are, norm, are made for, in quotations again, medium or to normal arch. So my current shoe is actually a Brooks Adrenaline. Those have uh, a wider toe box, meaning you got more room for your feet because you definitely want to have, don't want to be crowding there because you can start to have rubbing and pressure on your feet. And also as the day goes on and the longer mileage and longer in your shoes, your feet will also swell and they will expand. So you don't want to have a shoe that has really tight, feels really tight on your feet. So I actually have, um, I've had Brooks Adrenaline and the Saucony Guide 13s. That's also another stability shoe and it also does have adequate toe room or a wider toe box. And that's probably why I end up selling for those, obviously, because I wore them and they feel 
well as well. Cushioning shield, high arch. Hookahs are like the queen, or they can they say the king of cushioning, but I like queen better, you know, ladies. So they're they are definitely known for cushioning. And Brooks as well has some good categories for cushioning. Now, like I said, I've had experience with Brooks, so it may be a little biased, but like he said, find what works for you. Last type or category is motion control. And those are the shoes are typically for low or flat arches. <clears throat> Excuse me, or over pronators, or even someone that is a heavier runner. So now another thing that to take in consideration, you want to have the right support if you're a beginner runner or if you're a heavier runner that's working on their health and wellness journey as well, being able to really find the right fit for you. Because not having that right shoe fit at the beginning could set you up for little at nags and aches and things begin to pop up as you continue to get more consistent with your running and walking. So let's think about age-related options. So as we progress into 35 and beyond, we begin to lose a little bit of that power in our lower leg and our calf. That calf muscle power starts to diminish a little bit and our power and our push-off, which obviously we know is important with running, that can begin to be diminished. But there's things we can do strengthening-wise to try to combat that. You can check out some of my earlier podcasts when I talk about runner strength uh, to be able to check that out. I'll put a little note in the show notes for that as well. So the hookah heel system. So a lot of runners that are older, they in, tend to follow into buying hookahs because of the they like the additional cushioning and support. So they have a heel system that cushions the heel and the foot and it's designed with stability in mind. Um, basically, it's in mind with more stability and more cushioning. And people like that feeling to have that some more uh, you know, more cushioning stability. So a thing about, another thing I just think about, about the calf muscles are some people think, oh my gosh, my calves are so tight. I need to foam roll. And then you like stretch and foam roll yourself to death and you're trying to figure out still what's going on with your calves. So it could be a sense that you may have a little bit of weakness going on in those calves. It may not be that they're so tight. And then if obviously you've been foam rolling and foam rolling, and they're still not changing, it's time to go ahead and take a look at <laughs> something else. So, uh, so when you think about, you can foam, foam rolling is good, perfect. I like people to stretch and foam roll, but don't think that's the catch-all for everything that you feel that's tight um, or sore. That's not necessarily the thing you want to go to at all times, but it's all good. So, another age-related factor is with those calf muscles is that your muscle becomes less capable of creating the force. That's why you feel like you don't, well, you may not feel like, feel it, have as much force with push-off and everything. So I've seen, a, actually seen a few more male runners that have more of the issue of calf strains and Achilles tendon issues um, when it comes to that kind of that calf power. So let's move right on into guidance for heavier or plus size runners. So keys here are gonna be arch support. And of course you have to go what feels good to you. You could look for a firmer midsole. So foam or rubber are typically what those are made of and they could help give you greater stability in your mids midsole or in your midfoot in that arch support there. 
Also, another thing is, is having more than one pair. That can help too. If you can rotate between two pairs to extend the life of that midsole or that arch area, you can possibly decrease um, injury. Now, I've kicked myself several times because I should have gotten two pairs of some shoes I love, but then I tried to get them again and couldn't find them. Or they just straight stop selling them. So, stick with what you know if it's been working for you. Another tip, shoes with maximum cushion can help decrease some of that shock and stress on your body. So, having that good midsole, arch area support, shoes with cushion can help with absorbing that shock and stress on your body. That's why the traditional cross trainers, they do not have that adequate cushioning. So, you'll, you'll begin to break down over time and you won't have as much of that shock absorbent that you need when you have an actual running shoe. So let's get a little, we're going to get a little technical here, so bear with me. But a smaller um, differential in your heel to toe drop, which is how much the shoe differs in height from under the heel to down, down to the toe. Typically shoes have a 10 to 12 millimeter drop. So with a lower drop shoe, runners are naturally going to be hitting or striking on their midfoot rather than their heel which will send less shock absorb less shock to stress your joints. But if you go too lower in a drop, that may be a little tough for beginner runners. So think about when you're doing shoes. You may have may not need to get this technical, but a 10 to 12 millimeter drop is maybe could where you could start, but you could also probably drop down as well. So shoes to look into. So I've scoured the internets <laughs> and came up with some options not an exhaustive list, list by any means. So once again, Brooks and Hookah are coming in hot. The Brooks Ravinia 9, Hookah 11 Bondi 5, Saucony Omni 16, the Brooks Adrenaline GTS, the actually 18, 19, or 20 um, versions of that shoe, Asics Gel Conial 27, that's kind of a heavier or beginner stability shoe. And the Brooks Beast 20 is a beginner motion control. So those individuals with low or flat arches. I'll go ahead and make sure I add some extra information about those shoes in the show notes as well. So when it comes to shoes, these are really the most barrier of entry into getting into run and walking is having the right footwear. You don't need any fancy stuff. You don't need to go out and buy a lot of stuff, but you definitely have to make that investment in your shoes. So Chris Johnson, another physical therapist, is one of the guys I look to for advancing my running performance knowledge. And he has some suggestions for these tips for finding the appropriate shoe. One, run in more than one pair of shoes. Two, size shoes to the longest toe of the longest foot. Most of the time, I recommend getting shoes a half size larger than your other shoes. All my running shoes are at least a half size larger. Accommodate the forefoot. Make sure you have enough space for those toes and they don't feel scrunchy. We don't want no scrunchy toes. And that turned into ugly toes. But if you've been running for a while, you probably do have a couple of ugly toes in here. <laughs> Next is don't fall prey to the upsell of orthotics. Not everything requires you getting an insole or an orthotic. Remember that when you go to the store. Bring the socks that you normally wear for running. Obviously, you want to make sure that they feel right on your feet and the shoes feel right on as well. 
next. Turn, try on your shoes at the end of the day. Our feet tend to swell by the end of the day, so you can get a better fit when your feet are at their biggest, <laughs> obviously. Last but not least, definitely go on a test run. Most good running stores have a 30-day return policy, so of course, you know, don't go and beat up your shoes and then bring them back, but you have to use them while you're running. Try them out. If something doesn't feel right, then bring them back. Don't think, oh, I'll just get them broken and I'll just do that. If they're not feeling right and you're running and you do a short, you know, run walk with them, try it again. They're not feeling right. Get those babies right on back so that you can get the right fit for you. So, ladies, this is all about the shoes. Go out there, find the shoes that work for you and that are running or and or walking shoes, running shoes, so you can set yourself up for success. Because I want to see you on that pavement, running for life, and out there doing the thing, girl. So until, until next time, girl, do the thing. Hey, girl. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you are new to running or tired of trying to search Dr. Google on the best ways to begin and continue running without giving up or getting burnt out, then head over to www.runnersuniversity.co slash get started to grab my bulletproof running guide for women. You got this girl. Do your thing. Music produced by King Music. Check him out, y'all.